you have your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter number six. Lord Jesus, I just am amazed. I'm continually amazed at the wisdom of our God. His ways are past finding out. Now, he gives us a glimpse of how he moves, but God is bad. And that's, that's in a good way, okay? He's bad in a good way. He's, I mean, you, when you think he's coming this way, he says, listen, I'm going to come a different way because you think you got me figured out and then you start trusting in your wisdom and how I work, but I'm going to work in a different way. That's what he does to me. I don't know about you, but he does. I, I'm, I think I got him figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm using my little, my, my, my analytical mindset because I love numbers. I love analyzing stuff. I'm a numbers guy. I love that. And it just, it does something. Some of y'all don't like that, but I love it. I'm just weird that kind of way. And God said, listen, listen, you got your little pen there, your little pencil. You're trying to figure stuff out. But listen, I'm going to show you what I can do. Mm. And I say, yeah, Lord, I'm with you. Okay. God bless you. Ephesians 6 and 10, guys. I, we got to move on this. Okay. Because we ain't going to get through with this. We got, we got a new study coming up. I want to encourage you to sign up for Rooted. The Rooted study uh, is, is, is coming your way September the 6th. So make sure that you sign up for our discipleship training. The way we've changed the way we do our discipleship training, and this is, again, this is something that God gave us uh, during the pandemic, and I think it's working well for us, for its participation. Uh, but we do a fall semester and a spring semester where we delve into and we meet on campus and we do it. Uh, you can't make on campus. You can connect via uh, the Zoom call also. But we're, we're here to study the Word of God together. So sign up for Rooted, okay? Understanding your, your purpose is, is, is very important, and getting connected with God and people is critically important for the growth of this ministry, okay? So watch the text here. It says the final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Let's go. It says put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the all strategy of the devil. Text says this, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Watch this. Stand, stand your ground. Put on the belt and body of armor of God's righteousness. He says this for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Text says this. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. 17. Put on salvation as your helmet. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Next verse, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Everybody say all believers, all believers. Everywhere. everywhere. Now we talked about the girl of truth. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about the shoes of preparation and peace. We talked about the shield of faith. And we left off on the helmet of salvation, the helmet of salvation. Everybody say the helmet, the helmet. Of, salvation. of salvation. Now, just as the breath plate protects our hearts, I told you on last week, the helmet of salvation protects our minds, our thought life. You've heard us on numerous occasions, countless times, quote to you from Romans the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2, where the Bible says that God 
transforms us into a new person by changing the way we think. Everybody say changing the way I think. Now, it's critically important to know that changing your thinking can be tough because many of us have been ingrained with patterns and ways of thinking from our childhood. And in order for God to get us where he wants us to be, he has to tear down those strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Go with me uh, back to this familiar passage scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Uh, and we'll begin our reading at verse number, number 3. Let's, let's go to it from the KJV, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, uh, verse number 3. Will y'all read with me today? Amen. If you were here last Sunday, you know what I'm talking about. Will y'all read with me today? Uh, 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 that's not good. Enough. Will y'all be willing to read with me today? Yeah. Thank you. Most of us grew up coming to church and we came and it was a sitting experience. We just sat and then we left. Some of us didn't sing. Some of us didn't lift up holy hands. No, you wouldn't dare dance unto the Lord because we Baptists, we don't dance. But let me tell you something. Dancing unto the Lord has nothing to do with your denomination. The Bible does say praise him in the timbrel and the... Why do we leave that out? Why do we get a little offended if somebody dances unto the Lord? David danced out of his outer garment. Y'all know that? Because he was giving God glory for giving the nation of Israel victory. So whatever the Bible says, that's what I want to do. Amen? All right, so watch this. Are y'all ready? Can we read together? Thank y'all so much. Let's go. For though we walk in the flesh, stop. Who's writing? The Apostle Paul. Who's he writing to? The church at Corinth, if you know anything about the church at Corinth, and we did a, an entire series on the church at Corinth, the church at Corinth had some issues. Everybody said they had issues. Yeah. Amen. And, and so they were, they, were, they, were, they were flourishing in spiritual gifts. They had word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all those things flowing in the church, but they were spiritually immature. How many know you can have a gifting and not be walking in your spiritual maturity at the level that God designed for you to walk in? So the Corinthian church had some issues, and Paul said, there's some things I want to talk to you about, but I can't tell you because you're spiritually immature. You're still babes in Christ. Is that what he says? And so things, things I want to share with you, you can't even really handle. Babies can only handle certain, certain type of food, right, when they first come into this world, correct? No one in their right minds, hear me carefully, no one in their right minds would bring a two-week-old baby home from the hospital and feed them those pork chops that Maria and I had, well, I had on yesterday at the waterfront inn in Monroe, Louisiana on Bayou Desire. I mean, those pork chops were seasoned, and they were good, and they were, they were a pretty good size. I, 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 I must admit that I told Maria I was going to only eat one of them, Dre, but I ate both of them. I must confess. But nobody in their right mind would bring a two-week baby home from the hospital and start feeding them pork chops because he is not able, his digestive system cannot handle it. And in the wisdom, I am afraid that the church is being hindered because we have too many people in the church who are still spiritual babies and cannot handle full meat. 
But I'll tell you one thing, your pastor here, Doyle R. Adams Sr., from the town of Benton, Louisiana. I was from Benton before, it was cool to be from Benton, but not everybody moving to Benton. I'm going to preach the word of God. That's what God told me to do. And I got to be true to his calling. I got to be true to the calling. So, can I keep moving? We didn't, we, we, we've only read one verse, have we? <laughs> Watch this. Here we go. Y'all ready? Let's go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now, this verse lets us know that we, we are in warfare, right? Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, a very fleshy, immature church, and he tells them this. Next verse. Let's go, guys. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds, casting down imaginations that exalts itself against the not. So when something exalts itself, that means it raises itself up against the knowledge of God. A stronghold is a way of thinking that's been built up in our mindset. And many times the enemy will plant thoughts in our minds. And if we don't capture those thoughts, they begin to build strongholds in our mind. Ways of thinking that we've been, that have been cultivated down through the years. All right, let's, it says, and, and bring it in, it says, casting down imaginations and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now go to Matthew 16 with me right quick. Matthew 16 and verse number 13. See, the helmet of salvation is there to protect the mind. The mind is the area in which Christians are most regularly attacked. And inside our minds, there's also a, con- there's, there's, there's a continuing warfare going on. And Satan likes to, uh, to, to, to plant thoughts that will disturb or distract us from doing God's plan and purpose for our life. He wants us, it, it's, a, it's his way of, of causing us to be ineffective in advancing kingdom principle and kingdom agenda. And as, as, and as I think about this, up to this point, guys, we've been talking about this, the armor. Up to this point, all the items of equipment that we've considered have been primarily for purposes of protection or defense. Only at this point does Paul turn to weapons of attack, okay? There's a logical and practical reason for this because if we attempt to attack before we have secured our defense, amen, we are unprepared for the enemy's counterattack. And we're likely to become casualties of war. I do not want to become a casualty of war. How many of y'all want to? How many of y'all want to be uh, part of God's army uh, and 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 be equipped to be able to to do warfare the way God designed for us to do warfare? But we can't do that if if we have strongholds that have been built up in my mind, strongholds that have been there and have been caused by life experiences that have been called by, caused by loved ones who we're in connectivity with, and we, we raise their way of thinking above God's way of thinking. We've exalted their knowledge above God's knowledge. And it can easily happen. It can easily happen. Now watch this. Let's look at, look at this, if you will, for a second. Look at this guy who later became one of the greatest uh, 
purveyors of gospel truth, but he had some issues at first. I told y'all before, I said it at Mama Kirk's funeral. Don't, don't look at person at a certain season of time in their life and, and, and judge and determine their usefulness to God's kingdom based off of what you know that they did 10 years ago or what they did last week. We are all works in progress. Would you agree? All of us, amen, are continually being uh, 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 evolved and growing to be more like Christ. We are, we, God called us to be transformed into the express image of his dear son. And so we all, have, we, we all should have some spiritual progression that is evident to those who are in, connected, who are in relationship with us. People all be able to see you and see progress in your life. Now watch this, watch this. Let's read. The text says what? When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, let me, let me pause right here. Every time in the scripture when you see Jesus asking a question, make no mistake about it, Jesus already knows the answer to the question before he ever asked it. Are y'all with me? He already knows the answer to the question before he ever asks it. But he asks the question to reveal some stuff to us. And oftentimes he'll ask us a question to reveal, uh, 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 he'll re- he asks a question to reveal to us something about us that we are oblivious to. Watch the text again. Well, they reply, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Let's read on. It says, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? He's talking to his disciples, his followers. He won't know who do you say I'm. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Text says what? Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any what? Now, now, now watch, watch, watch. I need you to understand something. A person with a double mind or two minds is never really sure who the enemy is. Watch this now again. Here, Simon, Peter, reveals something. Jesus says, you didn't learn this from any what? Human being. Next verse, let's go. Just for good measure. Now I say to you that a that now I say to you that, that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not on Peter, but on the confession that Peter says. Okay? And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Read on, verse 19. Let's read. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted where? Now, so right here, everything is fine, right? Peter is now given revelation knowledge. Jesus acknowledged that, that no, no human being revealed this to you. I know it was God that revealed it to you. But now watch this. We got to keep moving because Peter was kind of up and down, sometimes level to the ground. How many of y'all been up and down and level to the ground? You know what that means? That means sometimes you're good, sometimes you're not so good. All right? So the text says this. So, so everything was fine. In the next breath, Peter became a tool of the devil when Jesus started telling his disciples that he was going to die and be raised again. Go to verse number 21 with him right quick. It says, for then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. 
He will be killed, but on the third day, glory to God, he will be raised from the dead. All right, now watch this, verse 22. But Peter, that same Peter who had revelation now, that same Peter who said that, 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 about, that, that, that you are the Christ, son of the living God, he says, but Peter <laughs> took him aside. Come here, Jesus, come here. Can I, can I use my dull imagination? Jesus, come over. Come on, come on Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Let me, let, Jesus, Jesus, you look confused. Now, Jesus, Jesus, now, Jesus you just said that you're going to be dying and all that stuff. Now, now you're the Messiah, and we, we know from our, from our uh, uh, canonization of the Old Testament Christian that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to rule and reign. So, so now you ain't going to, nobody's going to kill you. Jesus, come here, Jesus. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord. This will never happen to you. Basically, what he was saying, Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. The very same dude who just said something that Jesus said, amen, nobody revealed it to you but the Holy Ghost. And now he's basically reprimanding Jesus. You don't know what you're talking about. Nobody's going to take your life. I got my sword and I've been known to cut off some ears. (laughs) Now, I want you to notice Jesus' stunning response to Peter. Can we keep reading? (laughs) Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Peter. No, no, he didn't say that. What did he say? Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. And not from God. And that's where the Christians are. They're seeing things from a human point of view. And they can't grasp and discern the things that God is speaking to his church. All right. You're seeing things merely from a human's point of view. In other words, he's just saying, (laughs) I'm not going to call you by your real name because right now you're thinking like the devil. You're acting like his mouthpiece. How many of y'all have been used as the devil's mouthpiece and chewing up other Christians and spitting them out. Peter thought he was speaking for God when he said, God forbid it, Lord. He thought he was representing God, but Satan had raised a partition or a stronghold in Peter's mind. And at that moment, Peter had taken sides with the devil. The devil didn't understand why Jesus came to earth, but he was trying to frustrate God's plan. Peter was agreeing with the devil's plan. He was thinking and speaking out of two sides of his mind. He was a double-minded man. Go to James 1 with me right quick. James 1, and let's look at it from the king. Well, we, we, we'll go to NLT. Watch it. James 1, verse number 7. The heaven of salvation, our minds, our thought life is very important because God transforms us into new people by changing the way we think. And the only way you're going to begin to think different is you got to get new information in your mind and down in your heart. The Word of God has the ability to transform lives, but it can't transform your life if you never read it. Okay. I'm pacing here, okay? Are y'all with me? Can y'all follow my pace? All right, I'm slowing down. I want to articulate words clearly so that you can hear me because this is so critically important. Our thinking has to change. And many times strongholds have been built up. Y'all, how many of y'all used to watch Westerns? And, and back in the day, um, uh, they, would go, they would build up a fort and, and they would build big walls around to keep the enemy from, from attacking. Right? 
Uh, and if you go back and look in medieval times, they had walls around the cities, and those walls were, were designed to keep the enemy out. Well, what Satan will do is he'll cause a situation or event to take place and then to, 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 to influence your thinking, and he'll build up, your thinking will build up a stronghold in your mind such that it'll exalt itself against God's word. Your experience becomes more real to you than the word of God. Than the, the integrity and the validity of God's word. You, you were hurt by somebody, and so now you've made, in your, made up in your mind that I'm never really going to get too involved in church anymore because somebody hurt me at my last church. And all the time, God says, I'm, I need to pull you close to me. I want to use you in supernatural ways, but you keep letting those strongholds block you from receiving God's word. Watch this. Uh, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Go, go back to verse 5. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we go back to verse 5 real quick? Can we read together? Let's read. Out loud on Ready to read. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God, listen, God, God's not going to just chastise you for asking him for wisdom. Come on, let's read. It says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in who? Some of y'all got your faith in your parents. Some of y'all have your faith in your job. Hello? Some of y'all have your faith su- supplanted in something other than God. And my Bible tells me in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God because the person who comes to God has to believe that God is and that he's a reward of those who do it, diligently seek him. God, amen, designed you and I to operate by faith. But when the enemy begins to mess with our thinking and control our thinking because we have strongholds that have been developed because of whatever reason, those strongholds will in effect, nullify God's revealed truth in your life. Watch this. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Don't waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that has been blown and what? Tossed by the wind. Watch this. Next verse. Some people should not expect. KW says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. What does it mean to be double-minded? So, so Peter, we just saw, Peter was double-minded. On one hand, he spoke revelation. And on the other hand, he, he would let the devil use him to say something that, that, that was not really true. He, he, again, he, he, he called himself reprimanding Jesus. But how many of y'all know, the Bible says that, that God chose to, to, to send his son to die a sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary as a way to redeem mankind. And the Bible says that had the devil known that by crucifying Christ, you and I would be saved, he never would have crucified it. But I told y'all God was bad, didn't I? I told you he's bad. His strategies, his ways are past finding out. The enemy thought that he was doing God, do, doing, doing his, his deed and, and winning the warfare, but it was God's plan all along, all along to send his son to die for you and I. Had the devil known that, he wouldn't have crucified him. You're sitting here today saved because of the wisdom of God. My, 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 my. Such people should not expect to receive, double-minded people 
should not expect us to receive anything from the Lord. So I got to make sure that I'm not double-minded. I got to make sure that my thought life is focused in on God. And so, so when we look at this, okay, let's, 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 let's move. Can we move a little bit forward? One main reason why some Christians are wounded and become casualty of this spiritual warfare we're involved in is because they were not adequately prepared for the enemy's counteroffensive, his counterattack. You must know and must understand that when you step out and begin to do the things that God told you to do, the devil is not going to be happy. All right? He's not going to be happy. Remember I told you that the three enemies that we face, the world, that's the world system that's, that's, that's doing life, operating in society apart from God. We said our flesh, when we talked about last week, y'all gave me all those names of those folks, you, all y'all ladies got off the chain last week, tell me all those men y'all thought were fine. Sometimes, sometimes, listen, sometimes we blame it on the devil. It's, it's, it's simply our flesh. The devil doesn't have anything to do with it. It's our flesh. Our, our, the, the, it, the Bible says, in our flesh, dwell is no good thing. So you can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in a tongue, but you still got to do something with your flesh. If you don't discipline your flesh and boundaries, your flesh will have you doing some things that it used to do. And it was liking when it did it. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. But the enemy never shows you the results of that sinful pleasure. He never shows you the family that's broken up and your children can't trust anybody because they they saw their daddy leave their mama uh, for another woman. And you thought... It was just between us two. And, you know, we're going to co-parent. And we gonna, and, listen, I, I, and I know sin has caused divorce to be in the earth realm. And, and I'm not, you know, listen, God forgives all sin. Marriage is honorable and all the better than the foul. But, but my point is this. Don't ever think that your actions, your action that you do just affect you. Don't ever think that your sin is just your sin and, and it ain't nobody else's business. Your sin affects everybody who's in relationship with you. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. All right, so, so our minds, our minds. So we got to bring every thought into captivity unto the beats of Christ. Peter, uh, back in that, in, the, in that gospel of Matthew, he was double-minded. But later on, Peter got it straight. And you know what happened to get it straight? When he was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost filled him and he began to walk, amen, in newness of life. Satan wants to build his fortress in your mind, but he needs a piece of ground to build it on. He needs a corner of your mind where he can erect his stronghold. He, don't, he, he doesn't need your whole mind. All he needs is one area where, you, where you've made an inner vow that I'm, I know what God's word says, but I ain't doing that. That's all he needs. Hello? A thief don't need you to, to uh, all the thief needs is for one window to be left open. You don't have to have them all left open. 
All he needs is one door to be left open. He gets into the house. Guess what? He take, he take everything that's of value that he wants because of that one area that we left open. And I want to warn you that once you understand what God's word says about a particular area of your life, please don't ignore that and say, well, that don't apply to me. Because what will happen is the devil will begin to build up a stronghold there. And all he needs is, is a, he, he builds a fortress in that area and he begins to lob thoughts from that, from that fortress, shooting arrows from there and just tearing you up because we've allowed the stronghold to get into our, our, our mind and, 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 and mess us up. Paul says our spiritual weapons can destroy Satan's fortresses. Weapons such as prayer, reading the word of God, obedience, meditating on scripture, fasting and service can blow up the devil's stronghold. You don't have to stay, amen, bound to that stronghold. God, amen, has given you the power, amen. Remember we talked about uh, the other week, be strong in the Lord. Y'all remember that word? Jay, if you can find that, pop it back up. Uh, that, that word that... Y'all forgot that. It's, it's called, there we go, here we go, endonomio. Everybody say endonomio. We word for strong in Ephesians 16, endonomio, which is a compound of the words in and what? Dunamis. In means in and dunamis means explosive power that's being deposited into some type of container, some type of vessel or some form of receptacle. And we are the receivers of that power. He says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not your own power. Here's the problem that many of us have as Christians. We're trying to depend on our own power, our own intellect, our own resources. And God has given us the power, the ability, when we learn how to receive the infilling of his Holy Spirit, to be able to accomplish whatever it is he sets our hand to accomplish. Can we keep moving? Amen. But we got we to gotta, we gotta change our thinking. Everybody say, my thinking has to change. Say it again. Say, my thinking has to change. So, so the heaven of salvation is there to protect our, our, our thinking. We, as we read the word of God, as we begin to understand what God's word says about life issues, and then we, we put the word of God up against the thoughts that are coming to our mind because we got to bring every thought into captivity. I got to capture every thought and I got to run it through the prism of the word. Whenever I think something, I can't, I can't go with it just because my political party said it. I can't go with it just because my mama said it or my daddy said it or my cousin said it or my wife says it. I got to go with it because it lines up with God's word. I don't want anything in my life that's exalting itself against the knowledge of God to have a stronghold in my mind to the point to where I will, I will ignore what I've been taught in the word of God. The helmet of salvation is there to protect our mind, our thinking, okay? Mind certainly is a terrible thing to waste, right? And when we, when we as Christians allow, amen, the enemy's stronghold to build up in our minds, it'll cause us, if we're not careful, to be in a position where we can't move when God says move. So, sword of the Spirit. Go to Ephesians 6 and 17. So the helmet of salvation is important. We, we, the helmet is undergirded by us consciously making a decision to change the way we think. And our thinking, changing thinking can be different. You know, I discovered most people don't like to think. Huh? Most of us don't like to think. And I'm telling you, 
God is saying he changes our behavior. He changes us into a new person by changing the way we think. So, so if I've been thinking a certain way about whatever issue, if I've been thinking a certain way about money, some of y'all are pretty good at handling money. Some of y'all are not so good, right? And it, it, it usually works out when you have in a family, one, if the husband and wife get married, usually one is good at it and one is not so good at it. And then oftentimes it'll cause conflict in a marriage, right? Because one is a, is a, is, is a, is a spendthrift uh, and the other one is, is kind of tight, right? Tighter than Dick's hat band. Y'all remember that reference? Never mind, never mind, yeah. So tight, they make the eagle on the quarter. Is the eagle on the quarter? Scream. But a lot of times, the way we handle our finances is usually a result of what we've seen growing up. That's why it's critically important that, that we teach our children uh, responsible financial management. Because many times we're in, sometimes we're in situations because we've done some dumb stuff. Well, you know, Pastor, you know, I, and, and let me say this right quick. God don't have a problem with whatever you drive. Did y'all hear me? He has no problem. But why would you go and put yourself in a bind and have a $1,000 car note And not even take into account that, that the, the cost of operating that vehicle is more than just a monthly payment. Can you afford to put gas in that 30-gallon tank? Oh, I know you're good when, when gas is $2.20 a gallon, but have you seen gas prices lately? Why would you... Go and put yourself in that bind for the sake of looking good and feeling good for a little while. It feels good until the shine wears off. <laughs> now, again, you drive whatever you want to drive. I'm not one who says, I'm going to judge you based on what you drive. Drive whatever you want to drive, but don't put yourself in the bind. But sometimes, sometimes our way of thinking about finances is a result of strongholds that we've seen developing our, our families of origin. And what I'm saying is, we, we, we teach on this, and we're going to do a financial seminar here soon uh, because I, we, we got new people coming in, and I want to teach you what God's Word says about money. I'm not a preacher who's afraid to talk about money because it's all through the Bible. I just want us to learn how to do it the right way. God has graced this church uh, uh, to, 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 to be able to, to serve and, and to do outreach, but it's because people learn how to give. We teach giving the proper way. We're not going to strong arm you, but I'm going to teach you what your responsibility is. Now it's up to you to do what God told you to do. But some, some people's mindset has been cultivated by their upbringing and, and what they've seen and where they come from. And what I'm telling you is we got to get to a point to where we say, okay, let me check out what I'm thinking versus what God's word says. And even my thinking is different than what God's word says. And my thinking has to come to a close and I'm going to let God capture that thinking. You know, she's, 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 she's fine. Isn't she so nice to you? Listen, when y'all at work, it's like y'all got chemistry. Wow. And listen, you know, she, 
she talks to you in such uh, 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 docile and nice tones, and your wife just yells at you. When she hugs you, she says, mm, it's so nice to hug you. And when you hug your wife, she says, get your hands off me. <laughs> so now all this stuff is going through your mind. Come on, I'm talking about reality. And so now all of a sudden, an emotional connection begins to occur in your place of employment. Talk about, we talk about work the other week. The emotional connection begins to take place. I'm talking about the anatomy of an affair. Amen. It's not always somebody going out looking, but see, when your guards are down and you don't, you're not prayed up and things are not going where it needs to go, then all of a sudden you begin to feel a certain kind of way. And the next thing you know, you're finding reasons to go into our office. You know you got the report last week from her. Uh, uh, Sarah, I was looking for this report. Do you, you? Then all, you and Sarah get talking about everything, starting nice talking about personal things, and all of a sudden, uh, you, 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 know, you go to lunch, you go to lunch, and then y'all, y'all, y'all eat lunch, and you're like, oh, this is so great. I wish my husband would like you. I wish my wife was like you. I need y'all to listen to me because some of y'all have been in that position and some of y'all are, are feeling certain things and God is saying you got to bring your thoughts into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. Thought is saying, oh listen, wouldn't it be fine? Wouldn't it be an awesome thing to get with her? Word, word coming, thou shall not commit adultery. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be fine to go on a weekend visit with him? He's not married. I'm not married. But you know, if you go to Florida with him, stand in the same hotel room with him, you tell me we're going to have double beds. I know better. <laughs> or you tell me he's going to have a room. I'm going to have a room. You may tell me you're going all the way to Miami, Florida. You're going to have a hotel room next door to him and you got adjoining doors. It don't matter that you got two hotel rooms. Baby, that adjoining door can easily be open. And I'm too old a cat to be fooled by a kitten. Amen. He's strong. But go on and fool yourself. Pull yourself. I'm going to tell you about me. I wouldn't trust myself. Let me come to this side of the room. I wouldn't trust myself. I wouldn't trust my flesh. And you better not trust yours either. So, so what happens? When the thought comes, I got to put a word on it. I got to capture it, bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. That means that I got to know some word in order for the word to capture the thought. Because I don't know word if I'm not coming and being taught. Some things I may think is okay, but it's not okay. Okay? Just gave you anatomy. Now, it may not go exactly that way, but it, it may be some other thing. But, but it, it, listen, I've, I've seen it happen too many times. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help us to bring thoughts into captivity. See, the temptation is not to sin. Don't let the devil beat you up because you were tempted. It's to yield it to the temptation. That is sin. We sung the song all the time, yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin. Each victory will help some others to win. Fight 
manfully, come on, faith onward, dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus and he will. Oh, thank I got somebody who, who knows a little bit something about that. Dark passions need to be subdued. Your flesh can be attracted to somebody and it ain't the devil, it's your flesh. So you got to discipline your flesh. You got to put boundaries up. Some things you, you, you just know, I, I can't go there. We go on a date. Yes, you can walk me to my door, but we, we, we're not, I can't let you come in and, and we start listening to Luther Vandross. Oh. <laughs> Y'all, for those who are younger and don't know who Luther is, I need to see the hands of all those who know who Luther is. That, 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 that melodic voice. And, and, and you, it's not good to go on a date and go to somebody's apartment and turn Luther on. It is something about music that'll motivate you and move you in one way or the other. Can I get a witness up in here? Talking about a house is not a home. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so what, what, what I'm saying? We got to be on guard. Bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. How do I do that? I, I got I to know word because when thought comes, I put word up against thought. It's hard to sin when you quote scripture at the same time. And the more scripture you quote, the more you're telling your flesh, okay, calm down. Down, boy. No, 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 no. We're not going there. And you receive victory. Not everybody will come and say, well, okay, well, you thought that way. Well, the temptation wasn't the sin. It's the yielding. Now, you got to be careful that you don't go from thinking to lust. I told you, you can't help if you saw somebody one time. But it's usually that second and that third look that takes you from looking and admiring to lusting and wanting. Come on, brothers in the house. I hope I'm helping somebody. I want to be genuine. I want to be real. Because some churches you go to, people won't, won't be real with you like this. I'm, I'm being real. And, and you know, and I know that all of us face temptation. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is what? The sword, which Paul says is the word of God, can be used for both attack and defense. But it's primarily a weapon of attack, right? As it relates to sports, someone once said that the best defense is a good offensive attack. I believe that's true in the spirit realm also. The word here translated as word is rhema, which usually denotes a word that is spoken. That's why I tell you it's important to verb speak the word over the situation. This is not some magic trip trick, but the Bible says speak the word. When the devil came to Jesus... In the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus could have just sat there and just meditated. But no, every time in Matthew 4, when the enemy came to Jesus with the temptation, by virtue of the Bible says it's a temptation, it, was, it, it had to be an enticement because if it's not an enticement, it's not a temptation. Let me tell you something. You could come up here and lay out five lines of cocaine at the bottom of this altar and I wouldn't be tempted one iota. 
I will look at it, go get the vacuum cleaner and vacuum it up. <laughs> it ain't no temptation. But some of y'all be back there like, Sweating. It wouldn't be a temptation to me. But but if you put if you I was getting ready. Thank you, Jim. He brought my words back on me. But if you put some baby back ribs out there and, and we're on a, a week-long fast, well, once everybody leave, and I lock up the building, uh, and I'm going to turn the security system off, I can run by and snatch them ribs and run to the back and eat them See, all of us got inflection points. What may not be a temptation to me may be for you. So we all need to pray for each other. Yield not to temptation. Can I get a witness for yielding is sin? We got to make sure that we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and use that word of God, the rhema word, which is a spoken word. Speak the word. Over your situation, Jesus didn't just meditate. He said, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. It is written. Jesus spoke the word. He was giving us a pattern for living life, learning how to speak the word over your situation. Glory to God. It's not having the Bible on our bookshelf or nightstand that makes us effective, but it's when we take Scripture in our mouths and proclaim it boldly through our lips, then it becomes a sharp two-edged sword. Note also that it is the sword of the Holy Spirit. We can take God's Word in our mouths, but it only achieves its full effect. Hear me carefully. It's full effect when it is the Holy Spirit within us who actually wields it. Just saying words don't mean nothing. But when the Holy Ghost, hello, that's on the inside of us that fills us, begins to take that word and begin to slice up the thought life and to bring it into captivity, then now we're positioned to, to counteract those arrows that have been lobbed by the enemy. See, guys, listen to me. When you consult a physician, you want to have the assurance that that physician knows what they're talking about, right? We expect doctors to be able to tell us how to prevent disease, how, how, how to get rid of pain and sickness and, and stay healthy and fit, right? We want them to have plenty of experience in the field, you know, doing it, but we also need them, to, we also want them to have taken the appropriate training to get there, right? You know, you don't want somebody who's like Dr. Bombay. Y'all remember Dr. Bombay? That's, that's for old school reference. That's Bewitch. Y'all remember Bewitch? Dr. Bombay would tell you some stuff. You're like, where in the world did that come from? 
we expected how many of us would see a doctor who had never been to med school, never studied the books, had not stayed abreast of the advances in medicine and research, just how equipped would that person be to help us? Now, I know some of y'all say, well, my mama, my mama, uh, your grandmama used to, when you had got a little sick and your stomach was upset, she'd get some, uh, some uh, uh, coal oil, uh, uh, what, what? Castor oil, not coal oil. Coal oil will really kill you. <laughs> Castor oil and tell you to drink that stuff. But I, listen, if I got a, 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 a serious illness, I, I love grandma, but I don't, I'm not, I don't want grandma to be diagnosed, diagnosed me. She hasn't been to med school. Same implies to us as Christians. Preparing for spiritual battle. We can have all the field experience imaginable. We can work hard to grow in character. But if we have not studied the book, if we don't know what the word says, amen, if we're not relying on the authoritative manual, then we will not be successful. If we're not rooted in his word, our words are not reliable. Let me say it again. If we're not rooted in his word, our words are not reliable. There is no way around it. If we, can, we cannot hope to endure if, if our Christian lives are not built on the foundation of God's word. Two applications in scripture of the title of the word of God. One is the Bible itself, God's written word, and the other is Jesus Christ, God's personal word. Each of them is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, it was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the express image of God. He was God manifested in human flesh. That's Jesus, the Word. So if we want to be rightly related to Jesus, we must be rightly related to the Bible. You cannot be close to Jesus and have no time in his Word. Because he and the Word are one and the same. If you want to be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work, the source of it is the scriptures. Gosh, dog, I got to stop. Go, last scripture, I promise you. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I'm out of here. 2 Timothy 3. This is one, my favorite one to, to go to. I keep going over this stuff because I want you to understand it. I, I need you to hear it. And don't think that you got a system that's apart from God's word. Most of us will fool ourselves into thinking that we're a little bit smarter than God. But you're not that smart. You don't have enough wisdom. Watch what the scripture says here. Can we read it out loud on purpose? Let's read. Ready to read. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to what? Make us realize what is wrong in our life. How many of you know that sometimes we think we're right and we're wrong? It says the word is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Look at verse number 17. Watch this. God uses what? What is it? Say it again. Say it once more and again. God uses the word to do what? To prepare and equip his people To do every good work. Now, here's the question. If you have no word, are you going to be equipped to do every good work? Well, Pastor, I got a good heart. You know, I just love people. Okay. But this says God uses it. What is it? But you don't have no word time. 
Oh, but you're different, though. That, 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 just, it doesn't, it, that doesn't account for you because you are different. God deals with you differently. No, it says God uses the word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Is it any wonder why we're getting beat up and being slaughtered on the battlefield because too many of us are not prepared to go to spiritual warfare? Because we have no word. 85% of us are not really spending any time in God's word. You don't have to be a, a, a seminary student to know what God's word says about various issues in your life. If you just be willing to learn, to listen, and to be obedient, God will reveal a whole lot of stuff to you. The problem that many of us are having is we won't do the thing that God has already revealed to us. And we want more. We want deeper revelation. God said, just, just be nice to people. Stop gossiping. This simple stuff. And we won't do that. And we want deep revelation. But God uses the word. Guys, I love you. I promise you I do. And I, I hope that you hear what I'm saying. If we're going to be armed for battle, we got to equip ourselves. That song said, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. Soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army. If I die, let me die. I mean, Lord, if I die, some of y'all are like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to die, Pastor. And that's the problem. Many of you sitting here don't want to die to yourself. You want to still be on the throne. And God says, if you're going to really fight for me, you got to die to self. You got to be like Apostle Paul in Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So are you ready to die to self? Are you ready to say, okay, not my will, God, but thy will be done? Every head bowed, every eye closed.